Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy. Folks, we are still live here at Ignite 2016, the IPBC Annual Conference in beautiful Richmond, Vancouver, uh, Canada. This is wonderful. We've been uh, privileged to interview so many different people, and now I'm thrilled to be able to interview Brian Tritt, the Senior Communications Manager for Intuit in Canada. Brian, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise. Thanks very much, Ron. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Ah, great. So tell tell me, Brian, how'd you end up here? <laughs> well, it's a long, convoluted story. Well, so good. if uh, if I start to drone on, please no, just no. take out the hook. You can play me off with some music or whatever. Um, but uh, I, long story short, I spent 11 years in higher education before finally uh, really entering the workforce. So uh, I started off um, as a lawyer. Uh, I was not a very good lawyer, admittedly. Uh, I worked for this small French satellite operation in Montreal. And I don't know how much your listeners know about Canada, but uh, there's a lot of business that goes on in English in Canada, even in Montreal. I was the only one that spoke English at this particular operation. That meant that I got to do everybody else's job for them, um, which was fantastic. But what I learned was that I liked everybody else's job much more than my own. I found out uh, two of my passions were offered as a mixed um, degree at NYU. It was a sports business. So I went from being a lawyer to being a sports business person. Um, and uh, as it turns out, uh, they weren't, as it sounded like, offering jobs at the airport um, at, uh, at Newark or JFK, um, especially in 2008, um, which of course was not a good time to be looking for work in, in New York. And I fell right. backwards into this job where I was hitting the delete button on inappropriate content on Radio Canada's website. So that's the French CBC. And it turned out that because I was a lawyer, I was pretty good at figuring out what was inappropriate or appropriate, depending on uh, a certain set of guidelines. So as a result, I got promoted a bunch of times. I was working for this company that did all of these huge corporations. So I was managing social media for uh, Coca-Cola, for Disney, for Starbucks, for Ford Motor Company. And anyway, from there, one thing led to another. I ended up uh, being social media advisor to Justin Trudeau, who's the Canadian prime minister, um, for his liberal leadership leadership campaign, and, and that was successful. And then from there, I ended up working for Intuit. I was doing TurboTax's social media for a while, ah, um, okay. and then moved over onto the accounting business. I have not looked back. I feel a real kindred spirit. Uh, I feel I'm a real kindred spirit with uh, people in the accounting profession, especially the bookkeepers, uh, because I've, I empathize a lot based on my uh, history in, in law with uh, some of the things that you talk so eloquently about uh, in terms of value pricing, that the nonsense that people go through. And, and so I couldn't be happier to be talking to you today. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's great. Well, we won't hold your inner lawyer against you <laughs> if you don't hold my inner CPA against me. <laughs> so I know you're, you're big into social media. So tell me some of the strategies you think or you see being deployed by bookkeepers and accountants that are very successful. You know, one of the things that you do so well on social media, Ron, is uh, you use it as a platform to actually communicate at a human level. Um, whereas I think bookkeepers, by and large, misunderstand the purpose of social media. They think of it as a broadcast method. They think of it as a medium where you're going to just speak to people, and that's not the truth. It's called social media for a reason. It should be about interacting. It should be about getting to know people. You want very much if you want to be successful at social media, you have to enjoy the process of getting to know people. 
Um, and I think that that's gravely misunderstood. And I think that the industry as a whole needs to start to understand better the purpose of social media. So some of the things that you should be doing, um, one pro advisor once advised me this, and I think it's a brilliant idea, is just listen to what your clients are saying on social media. So you should be following their professional pages and and accounts. You should also Mm -hmm. be following their personal accounts. Uh, And that way you could even pick up the phone if you're, let's say, a tax accountant and you wanted to do some tax planning with someone based on a recent change in their life. You find out that they just bought a new home. You find out, for example, they just got engaged. They just had a kid, whatever it is you could proactively get them on the phone or at the very least when they come into your office next suddenly they think you're a psychic because (laughs) you're already aware of what's going on with them Um, and then from a a business perspective a small business being aware that they're running a certain promotion might actually give you the heads up to check their QBO um, or the QuickBooks online account make sure that everything's going smoothly that way you can always pick up the phone and say hey stop you're going to bankrupt yourself (laughs) Um, so I think, you know, using social media less as a broadcast medium and using it more as that social medium, I think that's the biggest opportunity for the bookkeeping industry to, or for the industries as a whole, the professional industries. Do you advise, because I'm, I'm asked this a lot, and I'm not a social media expert, but do, people say, should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on Twitter? Should I be on Facebook? How do you respond to that? I think at the end of the day, it comes down to where are your clients and where are the people that you want to hire. So if you can narrow it down to who your unit of one is, who is that client, the ideal person, the person that you find you provide the best service for and who you enjoy working for, at that point, you sort of work backwards from there. So if that person is uh, likely to be a 75-year-old man with lots of wealth and and it turns out that uh, he used to be a businessman and now he has a lot of wealth and and that's the type of client you want, Facebook is the place where he'll be. He'll be checking out pictures of his grandparents. Uh, If you prefer to work with startups, people in technology, from there, I would say the next best place to be would be uh, something like an Instagram or or Snapchat. These are the the channels that skew younger. They tend to have those sorts of people in it. So it really all depends on who you want to work with and you work backwards from there. With that being said, ideally, we should be everywhere, but there's not enough time in the day. Right, right. So, you know, I, I use LinkedIn for the most part, Twitter and Facebook. And of course, as you know, they're all different. I mean, Facebook are usually people that you met, you, you know, on some more intimate level. Twitter reminds me of turning around in a bar and having a sideways conversation. That's you very know, true. I don't know a lot of these people. But and of course, LinkedIn is a, a more professional community. But I, I, I get work from all three. I think the interesting thing is that Facebook is sort of changing that way. So we're seeing a real shift in paradigm, at least uh, when things revolve around our pro-advisors, and especially in yeah. Canada. Um, I think you're a member of some of these groups, but uh, there are a few of them right now, Facebook groups, where I think what happens is throughout the day, as bookkeepers and accountants are struggling with a particular problem, it may revolve around software, it may revolve around the legalities of where to put certain funds, et cetera, how to balance certain... Uh, aspects of the books, um, they're checking Facebook now. Um, they're checking into these Facebook groups and they're communicating with one another behind closed doors. In the past, mm. accountants and bookkeepers have always been petrified of putting stuff out there saying, I don't know the answer to X question because then their clients could say, well, why am I paying you? Right, uh, right. Whereas today we're finding more and more that bookkeepers are collaborating with one another, but they're doing it behind the closed doors, especially on Facebook to a lesser extent on LinkedIn. Sure. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a great point. We never want to admit that we don't know something, and but that's just what, what makes us human. Uh, well, talk to me about uh, you know we've heard some great uh, 
keynote presentations from your folks, Scott and, and Chris, uh, the, the growth in QBO, how do you as communications manager try and get the profession moved over to the cloud? I mean, a lot of it comes down to a lot of the same things that you've been espousing for, for years now. Um, and, and I forget who it was that brought it up earlier, but the, the fact of the matter is you wrote the firm of the future a long time ago now. And if you're only hit, hitting that point now today, you're probably behind the times. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, people moving to the cloud is a symptom. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a technology. It's a way to get to where it is that you've suggested that they go, quite rightly. And I think um, that's an area that they need to be. Uh, the growth of QBO is really a reflection of... Uh, uh, that need to start to become more efficient. We know that technology, our technology, even some of our customer-facing technology, like TurboTax, uh, mm -hmm. is, it has the capability to replace certain tasks that people would have to perform in their day-to-day -day life as an accountant or even as a bookkeeper for that matter. Um, in order to maintain the kind of lifestyle that they've become accustomed to, and I would say improve on it, they really need to benefit from technologies that are going to allow them to concentrate on areas that will do their customers more benefit, and cloud is really the way to accomplish that. So we try to motivate people in that respect by showing them, for example, that they can save time by integrating third-party apps into the cloud ecosystem. The cloud is what really allows these, communica uh, these tools to communicate with one another. Once they've communicated with one another, you can have it happen in real time because it's all on the cloud. Uh, and the fact that it's in real time means that you're not wasting time emailing or in some cases couriering USB <laughs> keys uh, across the country. And as you know, Canada is a big place. It would be very. Uh, and, and sometimes very slow and stuff gets lost in the mail and who knows what else is happening. It just makes your life so much easier. And the worst is uh, our weather is just, I mean, I'm sure that, that you've experienced <laughs> some of it too. But uh, I mean, if, if you're stuck in the middle of a snowstorm and you have to drive three and a half hours through traffic both ways in Toronto um, so that you can invoice for one hour of time, uh, that it just isn't worth it anymore. And you need to be able to deliver these sorts of services to your clients or else what's the point? You're going to lose your job. Right, right. No, it's, it's a great point. Do you see the resistance to the moving to the cloud going down? It is unbelievable how even, I mean, this is, this is my third IPBC conference. This particular community has just adopted the cloud very quickly. I, at first, I was hearing a lot of hesitation. People were saying, you know, I, I tried QBO once, and it wasn't a very good experience, so I'm not going to try it. It's not ready for right, prime time. Right. Now, everybody is telling me, I love QBO. I wish all of my clients were on it. Um, very few people are resisting. To those people, I am worried. Um, mm -hmm. I do have concerns about people who are resistant to adopting new technology today. I do think that uh, it's important to state that our desktop business, very healthy. There are going to be lots sure. of people out there that are not good candidates for the cloud for a number of reasons, not the least of which is they don't have consistent internet access. Right. Um, right. But for those who do have consistent internet access and are good candidates, for those people to still be resisting moving over to the cloud, uh, I would suspect that those people may not be long for the industry. And that mm -hmm. concerns me. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I always get nervous when people are uh, slow to adopt new technology, especially when you know that's the trend. 
Yes, exactly. At this point, I mean, if you're a late adopter, you risk being in a position where your clients will want to leave you for somebody who has adopted the sort of technology that they expect. Uh, we know today that millennials are in a position where they feel that they should be working off of their tablet or off of their phone. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. think about things like, oh, I should need to download this file and then put it on a USB key and then run it by my bookkeeper or have my bookkeeper come over to my basement apartment um, right. so that they can do the work in a corner in a tiny machine that I keep uh, on, on my PC because I use Mac stuff myself and then I've right, got this right. old PC in the corner. It's just like to, for us to survive, for, uh, for Intuit to survive, we need for bookkeepers and for accountants to believe in this sort of technology, not just for the sake of us wanting to sell more units, although we do, but also because we know that these are valuable partners to us. And if they go away, we are going to be in big trouble. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Chris uh, earlier today, and and he made the point that sometimes the the it, it's the uh, end user, it's the business that's demanding that the accountant or the bookkeeper use QBO or or put them in the cloud. Do you see that as well? A lot more uh, customer demand. It is starting to change. Um, so for the longest time, it was well more people. It did, tons of small businesses were the ones that were making their accountants change. And their bookkeepers change too, obviously. Um, but now we're starting to see a shift where we're starting to see bookkeepers, especially bookkeepers, are saying, you know Be- what, I refuse. I'm just not going to take you on if you're going to in- insist that I use desktop software. It's too expensive. If I'm going to end up hosting it, it, d- it doesn't allow me to do the kinds of things that I want to do because I don't want to focus on ironing rece- uh, receipts. I don't want to focus on entering data constantly. That's boring. But what I do want to do is provide you with higher level insight. I want to be the one that picks up the phone and says, hey, you know what? You're doing this wrong. If you did it this way, you'll save yourself $20,000 this year. That's Mm -hmm. what we're seeing more and more of, um, especially amongst the youngest of the bookkeepers and the accountants. Excellent. Well, you know, you guys have so many initiatives going on, of course, but your big event is QBC coming up uh, later on in October, right? In San Jose, California. Talk to me about that. What's going on this year? QuickBooks Connect is just the only way that I can describe it is it's almost like a religious experience for our (laughs) pro advisors. Um, At least that's the way that it was for me, I can say. Uh, For me, it was just amazing to see all of our customers, all of our partners, all of our apps in one place. Um, Everything from uh, the the sorts of things that we have for our developers, like our hackathon, uh, on down the line to some of the sessions that are run by people like you, Ron. Um, Just like absolutely fascinating content the biggest names in the industry and then some of the biggest names outside of the industry end up being there um and for me it was just like it was like disneyland for for (laughs) quickbooks um but i think on, on the whole you know for us really we were just totally flattered to have as many people come out as did uh last year um oprah spoke last year this year we've got some huge names as well like shack a whole bunch of olympians mm. are coming mm. um but i think the one that that i'm the most excited for is uh is is to see all of or the thing that i'm most excited about is to see all of our uh, accountant partners there i really i learned so much by by hanging out with uh, with our accountant partners and our, our uh, bookkeeping partners. 
and, and you get them from the world. They're worldwide, too. I mean, there's always a big Canadian contingent there, and uh, you get people from Australia and other parts of the world. It's fantastic to see that. Absolutely. I sat down with some people from India last year and learned a whole lot about uh, the way that they've adopted business models where they're providing bookkeeping services for folks in North America. Um, and I thought that that was a really fascinating example of the reason why the bookkeeping industry needs to change. Mm. Um, because for bookkeepers to be able to keep up, they need to provide a higher level of value than just data entry because somebody overseas could do that just as well. Right, right. Well, not to ignore Canada, you've also got something coming up in Canada in November, right? In Toronto. That's right. And we're thrilled to have you at that as well. Um, Thrilled to be there. We we are very fortunate. Um, We have great relationships with ProAdvisors in in Canada, and we are just so lucky to have these things. We know that if something is wrong with our software, uh, we are going to hear about it, and we're lucky to have that feedback because otherwise we could never change it. So for anyone out there who's listening who needs to let us know or wants to let us know about something that we're doing wrong, uh, please contact me. You can tweet me at IntuitBry with a Y. Beautiful. Um, If not... Uh, you know, we, we look forward to seeing you at hopefully one of our events. Uh, we do tour the country as well. Uh, but Thrive is really our big Canadian shindig. So we wanted to make it clear to pro advisors across Canada that we care deeply about Canadians. Uh, in fact, in some ways, you might be able to argue that we are a Canadian company. We have a lot of Canadians working mm. for us. Um, and f- some parts of our company actually originate in Canada yeah. as well. So we have uh, about 400 people working in Canada. We like to think that we are, are able to make sure that we have your back in Canada. Um, we wanted to make sure that Canadians understood that we are putting them first. Right. So that's the, that's the origin of Thrive. But what you can expect at Thrive is really just the best speakers, Canadian speakers, and, and then a few more to come in and talk about what's going on in the industry. You'll learn the insides and outs of QBO. You'll learn the insides and outs of Profile or ProTax uh, software as well. Uh, and you'll have an opportunity to interact with a whole bunch of apps, a whole bunch of, uh, of your fellow pro advisors. So uh, for any accountants and bookkeepers who are listening, I highly encourage you to come to Thrive. We had great uh, reviews last year. Uh, we were really flattered to have those great reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would be really flattered to have you attend this year. And that's November... November 20th, 21st, and 23rd. Excellent. Uh, all right. Um, Brian, I have to ask you, who's your hero and why? So I have a number of heroes, but the one I'm going to pick uh, is, um, is he's a former prime minister of Canada. This is maybe a little esoteric for your listeners, uh, but his name was Joe Clark. And Joe was a hero of mine for a number of reasons, one of which was I wrote him a letter. He's a former prime minister. I wrote him a letter before I went to law school to ask him why he didn't go to law school. Um, and he wrote me back this beautiful letter that wow, just wow. by hand and uh, clearly came from him. He was explaining to me why he was in a different place in his life. Uh, and if he had done it again, he might have gone to law school. So I thought that was a good reason for me to go. And is that why you went? One of the reasons you went to law school? One of the reasons I went, absolutely. Wow. Uh, but he also, he was one of the shortest lived prime ministers in history. He was by many deemed to be completely unsuccessful. Uh, but the reason for that was because he was in our conservative party, Um, and he was very liberal socially. So uh, he stuck to his guns, and as a result, everybody hated him. (laughs) The liberals hated him because he was uh, a conservative fiscally, and the conservatives hated him because he was uh, a liberal socially, but he stuck to his guns, and to me, that is heroic. Yeah, when you're getting banged from both sides, you're probably doing something right. 
There you go. (laughs) Well, Brian, how can people, I know you already gave out your Twitter handle, but how can people find you otherwise, like email, things like that? Well, uh, you can feel free to email me. It's Brian with a Y underscore Tritt, T-R-I-T-T, like the country singer, for those of you that are familiar with him, uh, at intuit.com. That would be the best way to reach me apart from Twitter, which is probably actually the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, That's twitter.com slash intuitbry, I-N-T-U-I-T-B-R-Y. Excellent. Well, Brian, thank you so much. This has been fantastic, and I look forward to seeing you at QBC and Thrive in November. Thank you for appearing on The Soul of Enterprise. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 